<laughs> Welcome to the Secured Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Matranga, here with my co-host, Mike Monsif. Uh, we're coming to you from the ASAP Security Studios here in Houston, Texas. Today's episode, we're going to talk about um, purchasing in the mm. state of Texas and purchasing in general, kind of some of the, the issues that we mm. have come across um, in procurement. So let's talk about procurement. Let's talk about RFPs. <clears throat> let's talk about purchasing cooperatives. Let's talk about some of the, the common issues that you see. Uh, and let's talk about even, you know, do you feel like it's a fair process? Wow. I know um, that was a lot. It was a lot. So, in my opinion, the procurement process uh, in Texas for government agencies, uh, schools, is completely screwed up. Like, it, it's, it's backwards, it's upside down, and there's, there's no real way uh, to, to, to get a fair shake at anything that you're doing, okay. right? So, if you start an RFP, right, typically there's a consultant or an engineer, uh, some type of architect, uh, uh, somebody yeah. who, you know, claims to be an expert or can put dots on paper, essentially. Uh -huh. um, and inherently, these people have bias, bias towards equipment, bias to manufacturers, maybe even somebody personally. There's a lot of bias that goes into this. Many times, these engineers and architects, consultants, are using the same specifications over and over and over and over again. And, and so we have this wash, rinse, repeat cycle. Over and over again. And what's, what's frustrating about that is they're being paid a fee each and every time to meet the specific needs of the actual customer, right? So I am XYZ school district and we want this and we want these feature set and they literally just go in, grab off the shelf, and throw a specification at it and hope that everything is in there because they wrote it 20 years ago and haven't updated it. And so we see things today where specifications still have analog cameras in it, right? And references to digital video recorders and, and how to uh, run coaxial cable for cameras. We haven't been doing that in a decade, but yet it's still in the specifications because it is rinse and repeat. And what do you do when you find that? Do you notify someone at the school district or the client that this is in the specifications? It's not conducive to today's environment? So by the time that someone who is bidding on a project starts to find, you know, really digging in, mm -hmm. you're on a clock, right? You only have so much time. And depending on how large the organization is that you're dealing with, you have an initial meeting, right? Some type of pre-bid meeting typically. And then there's a block of time where you're gonna go by and do site visits. Well, there's a, there's a clock running and there's a hard cutoff where you can ask any questions. And then there's a chunk of time to where you can work to prepare your bid and you have a finite finish date, right? So by the time that you are through the project, you've walked it and now you're starting to dig in it, magically that that time for questions has stopped. Yeah. So it's almost like you, ha you have to have, as an organization, someone digging into documents so that you can start asking these questions right away mm. and have a concerted effort to try to find, uh, infer from the documents what they really want, 
go to the pre-bid meetings and see and hear what they're saying and see how that relates to the drawings and, and everything else. Um, and so many times this starts with a really good intention, right? School board uh, organization has been, um, has had a ton of money doled out to them. Maybe that comes from a bond, uh, maybe that comes from federal funding, maybe a grant, whatever the case may be. And, and, and as a school board member, you know, they're trying to do the best that they can. And, and, and I wanna start off right now and say, holy cow, school, school board members, uh, I have a lot of respect for you. Watch like it it's a, I used to be a school board yeah, member. Yeah, but it's a, it's a thankless job, right? <clears throat> like, I mean, it's one of those things you, you take the beating from the parents, you, you uh, have all this roles and responsibilities, you're, you're this, supposed to be the steward of money, and you often are making decisions that you feel are the best and you're relying upon the people who present the information to you mm -hmm. that they did so fair and ethically in a responsible manner in accordance to law. And so often that's not what's really happening. And so school board members are there and, and it's almost like the hot potato. They don't wanna be the one holding the hot potato. And so they'll all kind of ask questions possibly and then it's like, okay, well, you know, our team says that this was good, so we just need to go with it. And well, but a lot of times in those particular instances, they say our team says that this is good, but what they're not even understanding is that the RFP that was put out has not even been adhered to. Right? Well, so let's so let's let, well, I'm getting to the school board. We're we're jumping ahead. Okay. In the in that so the school board says, okay, I've gotten all this money. In order to make sure that things are done, I need to hire this expert, yes. right? As an architect, consultant, engineer. And, and they expect a certain caliber of product. I mean, some of these, you know, agencies we have in here in Texas are massive. I mean, these are, these are huge corporations. They're making a ton of money. And all they do is focus on these like K-12 schools. And uh, so they then, they, the What's some of their names? Oh man, there's a bunch of them out there, right? But I mean, no, it's kidding. even so much so, you've seen some of the architects now start buying or setting up their own engineering firms so yes. they can try to keep all of the money in-house, whereas before they may have been a specialized engineer, you know, an MEP engineering firm that just did mechanical, electrical, and plumbing. Now they're under the umbrella. Might still have a different company name, but they're actually owned by this huge architect firm. Mm -hmm. And so there's been a lot of consolidation in there. Um, the, the problem is a lot of times we find that some of these people who work in these careers, um, they're, they're paper certified. Mm -hmm. They've never actually had the practical experience uh, of, of installing the work that they're saying the way to do it and where to do it. And because they don't have the practical real world experience, they're absolutely talking out of their ass. I mean, there's just no way, and, and right. they continue to show it over and over again. But from a school board's perspective, this person has credentials the and I hired them and they're supposed to be the expert. And, and that's not necessarily the case. So uh, they, they, now the school board has hired these people and, and many times, we are finding more and more that these firms are taking the shortcut in every single absolute way. So 
Most recently, we were involved in a very, very large project. And we were involved years ago, early on, and met with the school and all the stakeholders. And what exactly is it that you want to do? What are the features and functions and, uh, and that would you want? And they actually touched and felt products and saw how it could solve all of their issues and how it all works together. Fast forward, once the money is in hand, they've now hired a consultant. And the end product that they're going to get is drastically different than what, than they, what they wanted and what they saw. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there are a lot of stakeholders who have been bamboozled. But I'm just going to say that. that's exactly yeah. what it is, that what they're getting is going to do. And there are additional costs that aren't being considered, annual recurring costs. And so right now they're spending this money because they have it, but they haven't even considered and it hasn't even been conveyed to a school board who's ultimately making the decision of what this system is going to cost them year after year yeah, after they're not, year. They're not calculating in, having been um, on the other end of that, right? When I was the executive director of security for a school district and then also being a school board member, um, I can tell you that the majority of the majority of the individuals that I worked with, not necessarily at my district, some at my district, but even going to some of these conferences and, and, and conversating with some of these other school board members, they, they don't see that. They don't they are not asking the questions of how is this going to financially impact us over a period of time, uh, which is why, you know, what we do. Um, the majority of what we do on the hardware, there's usually not a subscription cost. It's getting harder and harder. It's getting harder and harder, but yep. there's usually not a subscription cost because we don't want that cost to be, you know, extended for well, a long duration. In some to, cases, that's maybe what the customer wants. Well, and in that case, we, we make it very clear, right? right. I mean, we, we specifically break out in our proposals, this is what it's going to cost, and this is what it's going to cost you moving forward. Mm-hmm. And... There's a lot of people who don't have that transparency, and, and they aren't they aren't informing um, school boards about that upfront cost. Yeah. Um, so um, you know, now we've the, the end product of where they they're going to end up is drastically different. But even more so, when we when we went back and looked at this specific situation, and and I'm going to try my best to hold back names but i'm i'm pretty passionate about yeah, don't this. say names but let it out it, it it's it's uh it's extremely frustrating we went uh, uh they got themselves in a jam they mm-hmm. needed to uh pass a bond and uh they needed a budget right like how much is it going to cost us to do all of the things that we need to do when did you start doing this budget for them so this we started um at eight end of april first part of may of 2021 okay right um, and so that's our first thing it started with conversations. It started with demonstrations. It started with really having a needs assessment and understanding of what they needed, where they needed to go. Um, and so it starts to come around June and July and they realize they're going to pass a bond in November and that they need a package put together so they can start advertising this. This seems awfully familiar to multiple clients that we've already worked with. Uh, that over a year and a half ago, we sat down with, we did an assessment, we built a package, 
we built the budget, they passed the bond, and they haven't spent a dollar with us yet after we wrote the articulation for the bond to be passed. So not only did this happen to you just last week, it's happened and continued to happen to us over a period of two years now. So Mike, let's talk about last week. Okay? Nice guys finished last. Nice guys finished last, I guess. I, I yeah. mean, because that's, that we did, I did this, I did all of this work for free. So they, they come to me in a panic. They, they reach out to these architects and these consultants, these engineers, and they try to talk to them about, hey, we need to put together a bond package. And these organizations, you know, want crazy money up front to put together a bond package, mm -hmm. right? You're going to pay us this much, and we need this much time. How much money did you take to do that? Zero. Zero. N no money, yeah. right? Uh, and, and, I, and I guess from here, shame on me. Right, I mean, yeah. I, I guess that's really what we, what I take away from this. But uh, we were we were set in helping this this district out, right? Like this is they didn't remember. Understand when we started meeting with them, they had no money, none, no money at all, and we were helping drive the future of where they're going. Um, so, uh, Mike, I, you know, come to me, Mike. We got to put this bond package together, and 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 nobody can get it done, and and we really need to know how much it is cost can you help us put together an order of magnitude and, and, and what it's going to take to get this done I mean we really need something kind of firm so that you know we can't go back to the well right, right. we need to have numbers that would get us through uh, this in here and uh, you know in this district had already made some very poor uh, decisions on technology uh, so much so that they were the last district on this brand of soft hardware uh, and more than likely, that company is going to go bankrupt when this is changed out because they're the last major customer, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how bad of the pur previous purchasing decisions were, and they're going to have to forklift upgrade everything. Were those in individuals who brought in that that old software or technology were they still employed at that district? Definitely, there are people on the school board who are, and and I want to say that there are some people who were still in the stakeholder meetings that were involved in this, right. this process. So. Um, typically, when we we meet with people like this, they 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 remember. Hey, yeah. I we made this. We we went the the lowest route. We went with this. We cut corners, and this is what we got. Now we're we we're painful for all these years. Yeah. We definitely don't want to do this again, right? Uh, but in this case, uh, this is this is what they had. So we jumped we jumped through a lot of hoops. I mean, we we walked all of their facilities, and I mean a lot of them. We documented where they had cameras and access control and security, and we put together, you know, a true proper quotation as far as a budget that they needed in order to do the work at hand. So, fast forward, they use our number, um, and they, you know, are awarded the money. During the same time, a large grant comes available, and because of their size, they were entitled to. The opportunity to win a lot of money, mm -hmm. but in order to do so, they needed help filling out the paperwork, and so we jumped through those hoops and we got the paperwork filled out for them. We did the numbers, we put it together, and they were awarded seven hundred thousand dollars. Well, but the right. intent and in, in the, the the purpose was that it would be reciprocated that you were putting in all this sweat equity, right? It wasn't just an intent; it was boldly stated, right? Right. That this is the case, maybe, right? So fast forward. They get the bond money. Uh, now they hire a consultant, right? Because the school board's like, ah, oh, this is a lot of money. We we need to make sure that we we do it right. We want to make sure that we you know 
have that arm's length away, right? That we made the best decision for the taxpayer. Awesome. This particular consultant has a bias towards manufacturer. It's known in the industry, right? It happens to be a major manufacturer who offered the best value, best performance um, to the district and checked all the boxes. They had been through multiple systems demos and they started that process all over. But this time they had the bias of the consultant on the scale, right? The preferred or the, the manufacturer that they have a bias against, do they require an annual subscription for their software and service? They do not. They do not. Now, the preferred manufacturer that they have, do they provide a subscription? The I mean, one that it, they, they put in the specifications? The one they put in the specifications. Mike, it's, it's, it's not just a subscription. It's an insane amount of subscription. I, I know that, and that's where I'm going with that. So is, we're talking just licensing, just software and licensing for the system, Okay, $2.8 million. $2.8 million annually? Well, that, that is Over several years. Well, that's several years plus the initial licensing, but it's going to cost them uh, $500,000 a year okay. plus. Right. But I'm certain that somewhere in that agreement that they have with this consultant, mm -hmm. based upon this annual subscription, mm -hmm. that consultant gets a, a small percentage of that annual subscription. Yeah, so typically we'll see, uh, we'll see uh, consultant agreements where uh, there's a fee uh, that they they charge um, a considerable amount to actually put together this and oversee the project. Yeah. A lot of times that fee is also uh, not only a fixed price, but it's also a percentage of the entire project. Right. Right. And so. Which is why they have a bias against the one that does not require the annual subscription. Correct. Because well, they're not well, getting paid over and over and over again. Well, I don't know that they would get paid every year off of that, so I, I can't say okay, that they're going to get paid Okay, but even if they don't year. get paid. But they did roll in, you know, three, four, or five years up front. Yeah. So they got that initial yeah. hit. So what's interesting about that specifically is that they ran with that. and um, The consultant. The consultant ran with that. So um, what's, what's, you know, there's there's a lot of problems with this one, and and to be honest with you, um, this process has stepped out of the bounds of so far legally that we still haven't made a decision as a company or even uh, multiple participating companies of exactly what we're doing. But we have significant legal basis to protest the award, um, and so I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to some of those. Okay, because so, I had a follow up question, but I'll let you get there first. Yeah, so uh, now now this 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 process they've they've worked with the customer they put together this thing and and so when we remember we've walked all these schools we have documents that that our competition doesn't happen because I've actually been in every single school we know where every card reader is where every camera is we know where the security systems are we have a an intimate knowledge with this district right and so you start looking at the documents of what they are planning to do and there's virtually no upgrade, right? Um, they're just ripping and replacing. They're ripping and replacing the existence. But the technology is drastically different. Yeah. You know, uh, instead of, you know, for example, hallway corridors, we have the cameras today that's a single camera, has four lenses. Covering we can see down angles. every angle. It's yeah, one so camera, one license, multi, one, one multi sense versus four right. 
individual cameras. So instead of leveraging that technology, right, to the benefit of the school, they, they didn't do any of that. They literally are just said, there's a camera there today, we're gonna pull it down, we're gonna put another one back up, and we want you to run all new cable to it. It, it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense at all, right? There's other technology where you have two cameras in one hallway, Today, they make cameras with two imagers. Yeah. It's one cable, it's one license. All of this has real consequences to cost. And in this case, laziness. That's the only thing I can get to, right? Like, it was really simple to send a, a, um, a low-dollar, entry-level CAD person or somebody and say, I need you to go put a dot on a map wherever there's a camera right now, and then put it in front of a CAD engineer and say, okay, this paperwork, now put it into here, and this is what we're gonna do. Instead of really spending the time and going, look, we don't have any coverage on this door, we need to add a camera here, we need to do this, we need to do that, that wasn't done. The other thing that was really interesting about this project that I find fascinating is it, it included a whole, a whole new intrusion system. But the intrusion system's over the top. Typically in K-12, we see you know, hallway motions, we see some really limited doors are covered, there's some glass breakage sensors, there's things like this. This particular district, and, or this consultant um, specified, having a motion detector inside of every single solitary classroom in the entire district. Here's my challenge for this, right? They are going to spend millions and millions of dollars installing these uh, intrusion systems. Why would they put a motion detector in every classroom if you have to walk down an access corridor or a hallway? Well, so it it is proper. It is proper security. But here's the problem with a K twelve school. If if you looked like you know from your district back when you were a, a security administrator, if you go back and pulled reports and looked at. Texas City High School, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and, and high schools here are huge, but high schools in general are huge. I mean, we do have some really big high schools in Texas. Um, the, the alarm may not even ever be set during yeah. the week, right? Because yeah. by the time school's out, you have extracurriculars that happen. Yep. The cleaning staff comes in. 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Okay, but then it's a huge facility. And yep. they're working all night mm-hmm. into the wee hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. And then coaches are in. Five, 5 o'clock, and yep. they're running, and they're gunning. You may not even set the alarm system, okay? Hi, weekends come, Saturday, you're in and out. Chances are Sunday, there's probably yep. somebody coming in or out there, right? And so, what, what return? Like, literally, during the school year, we're talking about the alarm system being armed a few hours a week. You know, mm-hmm. maybe 24 hours on Sunday, and maybe... You know, maybe five hours a week, two hours, maybe. But you're putting a motion detector in every, every single Every single solid classroom. How much money do you think this district could have saved if they had just struck that item? Millions. Millions, right? And so, so you got to taxpayers, you need to start looking. <laughs> so in addition to this, south you're supposed to have cameras. You have cameras around the perimeter of the building. You yeah. have cameras in the hallway. This district has a full-time police department. The technology exists that when you detect a person or vehicle, yeah. that it alerts somebody. You have a dispatcher sitting in front of a desk. Yeah. What do you around need a motion? What do you need a motion detector in every classroom for when your camera analytics are detecting that individual? And you it's have so much redundancy. Full-time staff. It was a pure waste. But this is just it's just just goes on and on and on and on about the waste that was done. And so you look at it and go, look, this this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. 
The next thing is, is that, okay, so let's say that you had a kid. Let, let's, let's talk worst case scenario. I'm going to really put this all out there. You have the alarm set, okay, and you don't have a motion detector in every classroom. Kid breaks into a classroom. How much, how much damage is in a, in this classroom? Not much. Right? Well, some of them, we have a TV. A thousand bucks, right? maybe. May have a protector. Does, does every school district out there have insurance? Yes. How many break-ins at a K-12 school do you have to get to to where you're going to recoup the investment of millions and millions oh, and millions you of dollars? Can't, there's not enough. Right. Yeah. And so if you have a proper system, if they were approaching the building, you should have already had your dispatch. When you, especially if you have a district with full-time dispatchers, someone approaching the building, I've already got you. Yeah. Right. I'm already rolling a, a patrol car out there because I got somebody around the building. If they get into the building, right, there's cameras in the, up and down all of the hallways. I got you again. I know that you're in the building. I can do all of that without a security system. I'm not saying that security systems don't have a place. Don't get me wrong. It was just an over-the-top, and one that I don't see even on brand-new schools as far as the detection that was put in there, at the cost of taxpayers. So we will fast-forward here. All right, next this thing comes out. The specifications are a disaster. Absolute train wreck. And anybody who knows, and I was one of the few people who knew where this started, that the products selected were absolutely not going to get them the same results. Mm -hmm. They didn't work together. Everything's really kludgy, doesn't, doesn't play well together. They're known brands that don't play well together. We all also knew. As a consulting knew, agency, shouldn't they know that? That is their job. They were yeah. being hired for this expertise. Yeah. Okay. How many how many systems have we ever put together that did not absolutely work together flawlessly? None. None. Exactly. Right. And so next you have during this process, I have visibility from these manufacturers. It's a really small industry, right? So everybody talks. You, you know, there's lots of people who knew what was going on here. And so there were things that happened where another manufacturer who did have their stuff together were brought in again and the conversation from the consultants was abrasive. Your system can't do this. Show me how you can do this. Well, you can't do this. Well, you can't do this. And that should tell the customer right then and there that there's, there's extreme bias being played here, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're clearly well, putting something yeah, out yeah. here, and they're only bringing them back because the customer's like, well, we saw this other product, yeah. and it did all of these well, things. Well, and here's the deal. I mean, you know, I have a consulting firm, M6 Global Defense. You know, we've got 33 consultants in 16 states. It's my job to give the customer what they're asking for. It's also my job to provide recommendations. Mm. But at the end of the day, they're going to make the ultimate decision, right? And so... You know, do I have my preferences on what type of technology that I like? Of course, of course I do. Yes, there are certain, certain technologies that I like. And the reasons why is because they play well with others. They're proven. Yes, work and they're proven product. They're backed by massive companies who've been in the space for a very long time. Um, but it's not my job to talk people out of, right? It's yeah. my job to advise, yeah. to give them the pros, the cons. Well, but, and we, we have a different philosophy. Like when we got in the same situation, if we were in the same situation, my response to that would be, let's set them both up, right? Yeah, show me. Okay, so right? let's do a pilot yeah. at this, this school. 
and we're going to do a pilot at yes. this school, and we're going to take four or five cameras, four or five doors of access control, and we're going to do the same thing over yep. here on a different Digital platform. Digital signage, mass notification. We have a full-on test environment here right that we here. can bring our customers yep. to and show them, and we can replicate any type of software, any type of hardware, and show how it works together, mm -hmm. right? And so this doesn't happen at a consultant level, remember, because they, they have the credentials. They don't have the real world well, experience, I mean, but they're going to go back at One of our biggest clients that we have right mm -hmm. now, I mean, we, we did an assessment for the school district. It was a, it was a big deal. Uh, we're still waiting on them to, to proceed forward patiently. But at the, end of, at the end of the day, you know, we had our preference on what type of cameras that we wanted them to utilize because it, we felt that it worked best. They had their own preference on whatever type of camera um, that they wanted, and so we did our homework and we said, okay, will this, will this camera that they're choosing, for whatever reasons, will it perform to the same level uh, or at an adequate level in order for us to obtain the, the, the long-term the goal and the result of you know, having that interoperability that integration of products and, and it what's did. the cost delta right, right. like it, it like and be very transparent with them and say okay yes this achieves this but this is going to cost yeah. you more or you're going to show some savings and being and, very and transparent we, with and that. we showed savings using sure. the system the, the camera systems that they wanted here's the deal i don't care right it, it does to me it doesn't matter sure right one way or another we're going to get them the end result and that's having that that ecosystem, that digital ecosystem that we've created for them, you know. So to have a have a consultant come in and just completely rip uh, other products or other services or companies down because they don't have maybe a, an agreement with them or some type of sure. um, you know preferential um, whatever might whatever whatever right? improprieties I, 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 are yes, there, right? To to do that is absolutely. Uh, unethical in my, in my field at being a consultant i think that's that's completely wrong like i said so we have our preferences now wait you know fast forward we have visibility that prior to um prior to bid day right or prior to even the rfp being released mm -hmm. that there was a whole lot of conversations going on with companies like us where uh somebody within the school organization or the consultant organization was trying to put somebody in the middle as far as you know will this do this person saying this will do it I understand you you, you know this product and and it put uh, companies in in a weird position because you have an engineer that this becomes where this 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 process is screwed so this engineer uh, engineering firm focuses on k-12 right yeah. So the reality is you're going to see this engineer over and over, over, and, over and over again, again. right? And then you have the customer who you're ultimately trying to take care of and do this. And somehow you're trying to come out of this situation that these two forces are squeezing you in and you're trying to come out unscathed, right? So that you can live to fight another day mm -hmm. and you can take care of the customer at the same time, <clears throat> right? And so it's a, it's a really a no-win situation for uh, a, an integrator. Now, um, I catch a lot of flack because I care about the customer at the end of the day and saying what is right less than I do the consultant, well, right? That, it's because the problem it's is, about is doing that guys, the right thing. Well, that's the thing, and that's the difference, and that's where I was going with this, is that that's the difference 
between you and I and a lot of the other people that we compete against is that at the end of the day, it's our reputation, right? Uh, our reputation's on the line. And I want to make the customer happy, not because they're paying me, but because I truly want to make sure that they've gotten their money's worth, right? That the taxpayer dollar has not gone wasted on another product that they either didn't need or it didn't perform the way that it should have performed or the way they envisioned that it should perform. I would take it a step further. I would say that we're beyond a reproach in that we're not going to do some backdoor deal, mm -mm. right? There's not... We're not going to get into a situation where uh, somebody's aware of a project that we're involved with and they're going to throw money at us, special pricing, something else to try to get their product in over another product, right? We're going to analyze what is the, what is the, the problem that you're having now, where do you want to go and how do you want your system to work? And then we fill that gap with what the best of breed product is to accomplish the task at hand. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so many people don't do that, right? right. It, is, it is, is all of these backdoor deals. So we, we have visibility it now, and we have more than we did at the time that this was going on. Um, bid day comes, uh, pre-bid, the, the whole process comes out. And... Um, what we now found out is that during that time, typically uh, under the code of ethics of purchasing and, and even state law, there's supposed to be a silence period, right? There's supposed to be a period where the parties who are involved do not have verbal conversations. There is no back and forth. There's a formalized process where you ask questions, the questions yep. are publicized, yep. And then the answers are shared back as a public sure. until they're done. Yep. That back and forth communication continued, right? Do these people not understand that that is all subject to open records requests? Um, I I feel like it's uh, a lot of the other things where they don't no, care that nobody nobody calls them out on. Yeah. It, right. So this is where we're 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 building up here to why yeah. this is broken, right? So uh, this continues on. And, and I'm going to get to the to the broken part. I'm I'm just giving you the background of the story now. So so next, the way that this specific project was done, the consultant answered the question because there were there were a lot of systems in here. There was intrusion. There was access control. There was video surveillance. There was cabling. There was a lot of different aspects to this this project. And so you had people who maybe just pulled cable or maybe somebody who was a dealer for the intrusion system, but not the video or access, and they wanted to know, can I just bid the intrusion system? Or can I just bid cabling? So it went through the formal process. It was asked at the pre-bid. It was answered at the pre-bid that yes, you could bid on any portion of the project you wanted. Here's the problem. The pricing worksheet, they did an online ion wave bidding yeah. system, right? The most of the schools they use. And then there was also a uh, Excel spreadsheet where uh, they had put out, and it had all the school locations, and then there was a base bid, and then alternates. And you would just basically filled in the cell. That's it, right? That's the only communication you have back to them of what's included. So if you were a company, you could have turned in a bid, um, and your line item for this one school in that one cell 
might be five thousand mm-hmm. dollars because all you're going to do is pull cable. Right. But I have access control, video <clears throat> surveillance, intrusion, cabling. I have everything in my number, and my number is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yep. Okay. How do you know what was included in the sale? There's no way that you could communicate through this process, this formalized process that they created on what you included or what, what I included. You included. So if you're but they're looking, looking at your numbers, if you look at the numbers at the end of the day, what is in one bid versus another? There's no way to discriminate that information. There's no way to say this is a fully comprehensive number. This number is right. not right. And, and, and so that falls back on the consultant and procurement in how they came back and did. If you are going to say you can bid on any one thing or you have to bid on all, you have to have those options broken out so that you can discern pricing, right? right? <clears throat> Fast forward, well, this, this Go thing goes forward to mm-hmm. uh, a, a award, or I mean to the bid opening. And so they have a formalized opening process where they read it aloud, right? Um, and basically, they just put posted up on on a uh, big screen uh, all of the numbers of everybody that put in those categories. There can be a lot of manipulation in here, right? So at the very bottom, there was a, a category called head-in systems, right? And in it, it had an option for one of these major VMSs that had a ton of fees, and then they had an alternate, and they had a couple other systems. Well, if you're trying to win the low bid, if you just excluded yeah. just the software on yeah. that one line item, that changes it. your overall bid by almost $3 million. Yeah. Right, just out of the gate. But if you're trying to do best by the district who may be considering that, right, well, you want to bid all of the options so that they could make the decision they wanted to do, right? But not everybody plays by these rules. So there were people who got a $3 million advantage right out of the bat. Okay. So now all the numbers are out there. One of the things is reputation, right? There's a scoring matrix that goes on here. So many points for price, so much for reputation. How much have you done previously in the, uh, the equipment? In the specifications, it calls for, in this, this example, you had to be an authorized dealer. You had to be experienced, certified with the product lines that, you're, that they're rep- requesting on here. So we know who all of those dealers are, right? Because we go to conferences, we see them at events. You know who your colleagues are right. that are certified. You and this is written this in the specifications, right? It is right? written in the specifications. And so how many, how many finalists were there? So there were hundreds initially. It got down to uh, 26 that, that, that showed interest. And I think there were 12 final bidders. Uh, that were in there. Uh, the the school went through and had an evaluation team, uh, taking into consideration of uh, the, of whatever information they reviewed. How and bureaucratic they got down is this whole process, right? <laughs> well, the problem is, is that there's a whole bunch of new documents that they're sliding into this, right? So that's been coming out more and more and more. One of those is is that you have to sign a document that you will hold harmless. The engineering firm, the school district, any of its employees, anybody at any point of this, this process, and that you, in order to participate in this bid, must sign this document and that you will not sue them personally, any one of those organizations. After the specifications were already written. Correct. 
before you even turn in the bid. In order to actually submit a bid, you have to sign that document. But it's why, not why are they why are they adding this document in there? Well, but shouldn't that that should go what I'm getting at is that how can they add that after the specifications are already written? Is this just a different legal agreement? Something It's separate? something that they started adding in every one of them because okay. they they know that they're wrong. They okay. they they're they're doing wrong and now they're trying to get a get out of free jail card. Another thing that they've started adding in is there are very specific rules in the state of Texas as far as procurement. You have to advertise the this in multiple so means. Many days, yeah. So many days has to be in a public space, typically like newspaper or online. Several different ways you have to you have to do that. There has to be a meeting up front to explain it. There has to be so many days to prepare the bid. You have to have a scoring matrix, which a lot of schools don't even include in that. Yep. But scoring matrix shows you yeah, how they're going to grade. The matrix you. is kind of bullshit too, though, because you know when I was <laughs> when I was at um, you know Texas City. Um, you know, we started doing this scoring matrix and, and, you know, for a while, you know, before I got there and started reviewing this stuff, I, I would ask the question and I saw it in the work that was performed and in the products that we had because there was no consistency in it is how did you score this? And not only how did you score this, but what qualifies you to score it? Like what knowledge do you have in this space? to know what you're even looking at. Because prior to me getting there, and I still got flack because I said, oh, I, I will be the one who scores it based upon the knowledge and the experience and skills that I have, not the chief financial officer who's only looking at the low bid. So let's let's talk about it, and I'll give you the example. I'll give you the numbers from the example that we're talking about okay. here, talking, not talking about. So uh, 55 points or 55% of yeah. the rating, right, in the scoring matrix went to price. Okay. Out of 100. Out of 100. Okay. Okay. So, so more than 50% goes to price immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in this situation, there were, uh, let's, let's just say after the evaluation committee, they, they selected four vendors, right? The evaluation okay. committee, they, they, they basically a short list. They got it down to these four Evaluation committee puts that in front you, of the you board were one of the four. and says, hey, this is it. Yes. It, three of the four were authorized dealers for the product. According to the specifications, to the specifications that it says you have to be, correct? correct? Not you may be. Correct. You have to be. Correct. Okay, so three of the four were authorized dealers according to the specifications. Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Number four is not. Yes. So they should be disqualified immediately. Absolutely. According to the specifications. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Here's the crazy part. The other the three that knew the product line and have done it and supported the product and know it inside and out, we were all less than 10%, like less than 8% away from each other. Okay. And on a huge bid, that's really hard to do. Yeah. Right? everybody has their own way of bidding things, everything else. That's as tight as you could possibly yeah, get on good. this side of the project. That's right? a hard decision. That That is make. there, right? Yeah. Then you get to reputation. Well, okay, so these these three who know what they're doing, they're all within, within like I said, 8% of each other. I mean, yeah. it was tight, real tight, right? Then you got number four, who's not a dealer. They're $6 million lower. Than, than the else. lowest of the other three. Okay. Six million. I know where this is going. Okay. 
Next, there was 12, uh, 16 points awarded to reputation. Okay. Okay. Two of the three had a perfect score. They got all 16 points. The low bid, who isn't qualified, $6 million low, isn't certified on the product. Got all 16 points. Had the worst reputation rating okay. of any bidder who turned so in a bid. So now the fourth one is not met the specifications of being a licensed dealer, integrator. Now they have the worst reputation. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so the short list happens. And, and they're typically. Four, you know, $6 million less. Okay. $6 million less. All right. Okay. So typically after a short list is made, right, what, what normally happens is you're called in for some type of interview. Okay. There's a, you know, hey, what's in your bid? Do you have this covered? Here's a list of questions. I want to make sure that this is included in your bid. Uh, many times it might actually be an interview where they bring you in and they want to talk about, you know, your organization, uh, who's going to be the project manager, what's Past his credentials, uh, really diving into your schedule. Mm -hmm. How are you going to get this done yeah. in this time? How are you going to man this job? Um, okay, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? These types of things are typically happen, whether that's an individual or a couple people from the team or an in-person formal, you know, meet and greet, right? That's typically what happens because you're going to have to make this decision. So, you know, it's been, it's been weeks now, right? This was supposed to be bid wrapped up in 30 days. We're, we're now months and months in this process. You know, August comes, they, they put the short list. Like, all right, well, look, we know we're going to do this. There's, there's discussions about breaking the project up. And so you're like, well, hey, you know, at a minimum, we should be able to get, you know, at least a fourth. Right. Um, we knew there was a problem with another one of the bids. So realistically, maybe we, we were going to get a third of the project. That's what you're kind of thinking when mm -hmm. you get in there. Weeks go by, nothing. Like, man, that's, that's odd. Start making phone calls. Consultant, leave a message. Don't ever get called back. Call again, leave a message. No calls back. All right, well, let's call the school. Right? Let's talk to procurement and go, hey, what's going on? What's next steps? There's been zero communication on your part. You're not talking to anybody. You know, we made this evaluation team, you know, uh, selected us. What does this mean? What are, what are we going to do? No calls back. When are we going to do our follow-up questions? Yeah. Interviews? Is there is some other information you need from me? What, you know, anything. Like, give me something. Nothing. No return calls. Call again. Call again. And you've got all this documented. Of course. Yeah. So then next, I'm like, well, I'm going to call one of these other guys who are on this list. Right? One of the other what two qualified ones. Yeah. And I say, yeah. hey, man, have you heard anything from them? Are they talking to you or whatever? No, I was actually going to call you because we've called the consultant and we've called the school and no one's called us back. Well, that's weird. Okay. Well, Let's keep it up. If you hear something, let me know, right? All right, so we both keep up our calls to consultant engineer. Then Monday rolls around and the board meeting agenda is posted and they're gonna award the project to number four, who's not qualified, $6 million low. As the worst reputation score. As the score. worst reputation score, right? Um, how? How did you make that decision? What was in our bids? Remember, nobody has contacted us. Nobody knows what is in this bid versus that bid, 
or is included in well, this bill? How do you, as a bill? school board member, I mean, I know that if I were a school board member and I saw, you know, I had four potential, um, you know, individuals or companies that we were going to award, you know, $20 million to, right? I'm going to just say it, that's what the number was, roughly $20 million. I damn sure would be asking a few things. One, how did number four even get on the list? Because they're not, they didn't meet the specifications set forth School in the board RFP. doesn't have that information. Okay, but hold on. Even be, let's go beyond that. Okay. okay. Let's say that I'm solely just looking at price. Mm -hmm. And I see that three of the four are within that 8% margin. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this one is $6 million less, which is a significantly lower margin, right? Okay. I'm going to ask whoever's responsible. How did they get to that number? If we're talking apples to apples, we're getting how to did why they this get... is screwed up. This well, is why we're getting into well, but this. This is this is me as a school board member, and this is every school board member should be asking the same questions. Should be, but they're not. But the problem is, is that they rely too heavy on the individuals that work for that district, who, quite frankly, and I just put a poll out on LinkedIn about unqualified mm -hmm. educational leadership making decisions in this space, which they should not be making. And so they lean on their IT director, they lean on their, in most cases, not security director, but their superintendent or someone else. Facilities. Facilities, police maintenance chief operations, police. police chief. Mm -hmm. um, so as a school board member, those school board members should have saw the discrepancy in numbers. That should have been red flag number one. You are making a great assumption there. It's You're, not an assumption. No, no, it is. And here's why. You're assuming that they saw the numbers. What you happens, can, Don't tell me they didn't oh, see the numbers. Oh. Here's, here's what's, this is, you're going to love this, Mike. This is why this process is so screwed up. This is why we got to talk about this. How do you this. vote on a $20 million contract and don't see the numbers? So in their packet, there is a resolution. And the resolution is this is who we, we recommend. This is who we recommend. Yeah, and here's I, I the used dollar to do them amount. All the time. And 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 that's it. And so they have this packet. Many board members have full time jobs. They're doing other. They things. get it on Thursday for the next Tuesday. I know that I know it all too right. well. And so you know how many board members have sat with me and said, "Hey, I didn't read my packet." What? Yep. I, I was one of the ones who read everything verbatim, <laughs> word for word. Hold on, so it gets better. So we go through this thing, right? And so I see on Monday, hey, this is coming up. How? This doesn't make any sense. They're not even a dealer. There's the discrepancy. I knew what the reputation score was because they showed it at the bid opening. Yeah. So they have the worst reputation. How, how does this happen? Then no one even talked to anybody. I'm going to say something, right? So what's the process? In Texas, and this is what I can speak to, you have very specific requirements. You have to be at the board meeting sometimes an hour to 30 minutes before sign and up. sign up. Or in some cases, you can email uh, in advance uh, within 24 hours of the, of the uh, uh, event that you want to speak. Uh, there's, in many cases, an allotted block of time. Um, it, 30 minutes maximum. So they, some districts allow two minutes, some allow three minutes. And you, so if it's 30 minutes, there can only be 10 speakers, right? And so if there's 11 people who want to speak, sorry, Charlie, you can't sign up. Yeah. You can only talk about an item that is on the agenda. 
Yep, for so three minutes. For three minutes. Yep. So um, I have all of this information. Understand, I have been involved with this since April or May of 2021. So imagine the amount of knowledge that I have on yeah. this subject. More than the consultant. Way more. Because he didn't. Way more. They, that team didn't come in until way later. Way later. Yeah. Okay, so I have all of this back knowledge. And I am going to go speak to school board members who are just now even seeing anything about this. Like, we're going to award this project. This is what it's going to go. And I sign up to get my three minutes. It, it takes me... It takes me in, it, an afternoon. It takes me several times, several revisions, and speaking so fast to try to hit the specific highlights to get a point across to strike a nerve with one of those school board members to where they can do, raise a question. Raise a question. Yeah. Where they can ask something. Where they're like, "Wow, that can't be true." That, well, you know, this kind of stuff. So we, I go through and I say it. I. I put it all out there, right? I put it all out there. Yeah. Right? And um and I've got these big old eyes looking back at me, right? Like, oh man, like this doesn't sound good, right? So, what that's it, right? How is it possible I understand that the district doesn't want someone to come in and train wreck their board meeting. In my specific case, there was nobody else signed up to sign. So they had allotted 30 minutes for public forum, public comments. Yes. They could have given me more than three minutes. They could have asked me a question, right? But but that didn't happen. So I got my three minutes. I put it all out there. I even included a packet that I handed every one of the board members uh, of the highlights and and backup documentation showing uh, the screenshots from the bid opening, showing all of those things. So they go into deliberations for about an hour, closed door session. Um, and then they come back and, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. They, they are doing, uh, all the awards for students who have achieved milestones of whatever they be. They got the, the orchestra playing. It's, it's a great feel good environment, right? They're doing great. And it really <clears throat> reminds you of what these school board members are all about and the stewards of what they're doing. And then business starts and they run through the business, like literally read the resolution, any comments. Okay. I yays, eyes have it, move on, and they're just hammering through. And so they finally get to my business at hand, which was the resolution about our project. Mm -hmm. And it opens up into 26 minutes of discussion, right? And um, it took somebody within the team of the school to go and print the actual bid tab to make copies and hand it to all the school board members so that they could see the comparative numbers that I had included in my But packet. again, they're solely looking at low number. Correct. What they're not understanding. But that's and, the first time that they had seen the numbers that, that's of ridiculous. all the bidders. This has got to change. Legislators, listen to us. And we're going to be meeting with them. Mm -hmm. I promise you, we're going to be meeting with some legislators here. This, this process this is, is completely this is, this broken. Has to fix, this has to be... This has to be rectified because mm -hmm. it's not it's not right. You are as a as a school board member, you're a good steward of the taxpayer dollars. For you to not even ask to see the rest of the numbers mm -hmm. is a problem. Yeah. Right. 
And so, not to cut you off, but one of the things I remember this night, because I was I was hurt for you, because I know how much work that you guys have put into this. A ton. And you Thousands know, and I know how much work we've put into other projects where we kind of see this same, this same course happening to us, um, where we've worked our tails off a lot of times for free. Mm-hmm. In most cases, for free, to do the right thing, to give the people the right products and process and plans only for us to continue to be screwed over. We have Mm -hmm. written bond proposals in excess of $20 million that was passed a year ago. 20 million just for our scope. Just for our scope. Mm -hmm. That these individual districts have been sitting on for over a year after the bond passed in which we wrote the articulation for. So this is not the first time. No, it's not a one-off. And it's not gonna be the it's, last time. The reason time. why we're talking about it is this, this wound is fresh.